Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Allie Worthington. In her new book, Standing Strong, A Woman's Guide to Overcoming Adversity and Living with Confidence, Allie gives women a no-nonsense guide to recognizing and eliminating the things that hold them back from being who God created them to be, tackling the obstacles of self-doubt, fear, and insecurity, and stepping into the dreams that God has planted in their hearts. Tune in today to this episode to discover how to start living with the strength and confidence that God intends for you. Hello, Allie. Welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, thanks, friend. It's great to be here with you. So your most recent book release is titled Standing Strong. What need have you observed in women that led you to write this message? Well, I think right now in our culture, the message of, you know, you're the hero of your own story. You can hustle for your worth. You know, all all of that nonsense that's really popular on Facebook and Instagram right now. Almost a, a hustle culture. Mm -hmm. That is really building women up to miss out on the real source of strength and power and wisdom in this world, which is Jesus. And when you, you know, you deal with this message that's so popular and so pervasive in our culture, it sets women up to try to do things in their own strength and self-doubt comes in and attacks them, right? And so much, I believe, of what God wants us to do and calls us to do in this world we as women, we hold ourselves back because we feel like we're not good enough. We're not strong enough because we believe the message of like hustle culture and that we have to be perfect and we have to know how to do everything right. When really God's like, Hey, I'm, I'm calling you to new things in life. I'm calling you to rise to challenges, to rise above adversity. I'm calling you to do new things, but I'm going to be with you every step of the way. It doesn't matter that you aren't perfect. It doesn't matter that you don't know everything. I'm here to make things right. So I really wanted to to share a message that I felt like God wanted women to have right now in this season, and that's one of partnering with Him to fulfill His purposes on the earth, whether it's you know starting a garden or writing a book or um, adopting a child or doing whatever it is that God has put in our hearts to do. That we we need to think about it in terms of partnership, not that we're alone. Not that we're the hero of our own story, but we're partnering with him to make this world a better place. Mm, Gosh, I love every ounce of that because that is something I so struggle with, but that's also my heart and and what I want my life to look like. So um, tell us about the moment that really started your journey to standing strong. It Mm -hmm. happened, I guess, at the If Gathering in Austin. So would you tell us about that moment? (laughs) It did. I, I had run my own business for years and years and years. And God led me to really just shut it down in an act of obedience back in 2013. And I met Christine Kane just accidentally, but of course there's no accidents in the kingdom of God. And she asked me to come work with her and build the stream that she had in her heart, which was Propel Women. So I had been at Propel for a few years, really was a dream job because it was based in California, but I could work from home outside of Nashville and still, you know, raise our five boys. And at the if gathering, I went just to visit, just to listen, just to have a good time and, you know, listen to great messages and worship and just, you know, relax. And second song of worship, I heard God say, not audibly, but in my spirit, 
leave. And, you know, sometimes the Lord will give you a word. And even though it's only one word, he will illuminate context in your mind and your heart. And you know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And it also tends to be something you wouldn't tell yourself because I wouldn't tell myself to leave my dream job in a million years. <laughs> right. And he really took me on a journey of learning to trust him and learning to want what he wanted for me more than what I wanted for myself and took me on a journey on how to stand strong when everything in me didn't want to, that I was, I was terrified because I'm the breadwinner for our family. My fam my husband has some health challenges. So it's me and my husband and our five boys. And to me, just going, okay, God told me to quit my job. I'm just gonna, you know, quit. And then we'll see what happens was terrifying. Yeah. Not even so much because I was afraid of us losing everything financially, because back in 2008, I was a stay-at-home mom. Our fifth son was born. He was only four weeks old when we ended up losing our home to foreclosure because my husband had been out of work. And we survived. I, I like to joke that when life falls apart, my husband and I really pull together. Mm -hmm. But at this point, this was 2017 at the time, the kids were older. And I thought, Am I going to put my whole family at risk? Am I going to put my kids at risk and just quit a great job and not know what's next and say, oh, well, the Lord told me to. It wasn't that I was afraid of financial loss. I was afraid that my kids would become the collateral damage of me living out the calling that God had put in my heart. And it just didn't seem like something a loving, responsible mother would do. So that was the beginning of my journey to go, okay, I know God's calling me to this. Nothing in me wants to do this. It seems like the world is against me, but how do I learn how to stand strong and follow what he wants me to do? And I tell my story in the book, but the book is really a book for women. Like my, my story is a small part of it. The, the main heart of the book is what is God asking you to do? What does God have for you next? That, that little still voice inside of you that knows that there's something new and something different and there's a more that God has for you, but you don't feel good enough. You feel scared. You feel like the time isn't right. I think in this season, God wants women to start listening and to start being open to what he's putting in our hearts and not confuse humility with disobedience because often we won't obey what God has put in our hearts, but we'll say we're not doing it because we're humble. Mm. We'll say, oh, I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to put myself out there. You know, if, if God wants it to happen, he's going to make it happen. But what I've learned in the past few years of my life is God will get us across the finish line, but he expects us to lace up our shoes and start walking. Mm, yeah. Well, you know, it, it, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about the obedience part. You know, we've got to be, we've got to take the steps, but there is a cost to it. And there is that fear mm -hmm. associated it, with it. And I think um, for me, something that like you were saying with the, the humility, but there, there's the self-doubt. So I'd love for you to talk about that for a little bit, because um, I, you, you actually believe that self-empowerment, like culture is kind of telling us, can be just as crippling as self-doubt. So why do you think that? Yeah, it's kind of like what I mentioned before. There's this, there's this thing going on in culture right now, the hustle culture, the you are the hero of your own story, that your success or failure is completely up to you. And 
the reason, and, and some things in terms of self-empowerment are really good. Personal development is great. But when we think we are empowering ourselves instead of God empowering us, that's where things get messy. Because you can just imagine, you know, massive numbers of women in each generation believing this lie. Then when hardship comes or failure comes, they blame themselves for not working hard enough or not being good enough. Instead of realizing, oh, I was listening and believing a message that was wrong to begin with. That message set me up for failure. And instead of realizing that, I see so many women blame themselves and get depressed and go, well, I'm just not good enough. I had this dream in my heart, but obviously it's not meant to be. When maybe that dream is there from God and it is meant to be, but because we didn't partner with him on it, we didn't find success in it. And so many women sometimes are so careful to make sure that, you know, is, is this my dream or is this God's dream? They're mm -hmm. so afraid of, of moving forward with a dream they have in their heart and maybe God doesn't want them to. I found that God is real loud and very clear when I'm moving on a path that I don't need to be, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. like God's in heaven going, I put this dream in her heart and she's taking it in the wrong direction. And I don't know how to reach her. He knows how to reach us. <laughs> right. You know, he, he knows what he's doing. He's God. Mm -hmm. And we, I think we need to think about whether it's our work or the dreams we have or something new we want to do. Is it going to help someone? Is it going to make this world a better place? Is it going to bring good things to the kingdom? That's probably a God dream. But if, if our dream is, is going to hurt other people, if our dream is going to take advantage of other people, if our dream goes against scripture, it's probably not a God dream. Like if you, if you have a dream to write a book and you want to talk about Jesus and what he's done in your life and encourage other women, it's probably a God dream. If you want to win the lottery and start a business where you help people play high stakes gambling in Vegas, it's probably not a God dream, you know? I think <laughs> right. it's a lot easier for us to figure out than sometimes we think it is. Mm, yeah, we overcomplicate it. You know, Allie, I feel like you're, you're reading my journal because of so many of the points, I mean, it just is really hitting home for me. So I'm interested to hear about, you have a tool that you give to readers called the five second secret. So would you tell us about how it works and mm -hmm. when you use it? Yeah. So it's really fun. I read this book years ago from Mel Robbins called the five second rule. And basically the, the key of it is that our brain makes us hesitate and not take action. So we procrastinate anything difficult, whether it's getting out of bed in the morning on time or, you know, not having a second piece of cake or whatever it is, our brain will have great intentions, but our brain will be like, oh, I don't think so. And it'll keep us from making the right decision because our brain just wants to keep us from doing anything that's difficult. So there's kind of this way that you can trick this part of your brain into not procrastinating, into not hesitating. And it's a five second countdown, five, four, three, two, one, go. And I thought, well, that's neat. I'm going to give it a try. And sure enough, it worked. And the more I used it, the more it worked. But then as I was writing this book, I was like, wait a minute. The whole core of this book is when you bring God into any battle, you're going to win. Why am I not bringing God into this? Because I liked the five second rule, but it felt a little flat. So when I was afraid, say I was afraid to make a phone call or 
had to do something uncomfortable where I didn't feel like, I didn't feel confident where self-doubt was getting me. I would say, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Five, four, three, two, one, go. And as soon as I said go, I'd take action, whether that's send the email or pick up the phone or have a hard conversation. And that is when things really started working for me. That's when things changed because I realized, oh, I'm bringing God into everything I'm doing. I am, I'm acknowledging where my power comes from. I am partnering with him on what we have to do together in this world. And it gave me such a sense of peace and helped me overcome my own self-doubt. And for any situation, you know, you can use different verses. Um, so whatever situation you're in, just to, to bring the Lord into it by ha having a scripture that's relevant to what you need to do, it's relevant to the situation, and then doing a quick countdown and saying, go. It tricks your brain from saying, oh, I'm, I'm not going to do this. This is too difficult. I'm just going to sit on the couch instead. And it's so powerful. Hmm, I'm going to have to use that with the cake <laughs> and, <laughs> and the phone calls and all the other more important things. But yeah, what a great, great secret. So um, uncovering God's truth about us and living with confidence is a key part of your work. So would you tell us about the surprising secret to your confidence? Yeah, I think the big secret is confidence isn't something that we're born with. It's just not. Now, so many people feel like, well, I wasn't born confident, so confidence isn't something that I'm going to have. We think it's like being born with brown hair or blue eyes or a certain height, and this is just how we are, and it doesn't change. But some people are born with a little bit of natural confidence and more power to them. I wasn't one of those people who was born with a whole bunch of confidence. Me either. Confident, yeah, I think for 90% <laughs> of the people, maybe 95% of the people, it's something that we aren't born with. But when we tell ourselves the story that I'm not a confident person, or we believe that because we weren't born confident, we're never going to be confident, then we don't work toward it. When really confidence is something that we build over time. We get stronger and stronger as we take these scary steps to do what we don't feel confident doing. And then before you know it, we're going to be confident. It's kind of like when we were little girls, we, you know, when you're five years old, you don't consider yourself a bike rider, but you have a trike, you have a bike with training wheels, you ride that thing until one of the training wheels falls off and you don't even notice, right? Mm -hmm. And you take off the training wheels and then you wobble around. It, you can wobble around for a day. You can wobble around for weeks. And then eventually you're on a hill, you're on a grassy hill and you ride that bike down and you're going to wreck and you're going to wreck again and you're going to skin your knee and you're going to hurt your elbow. But before you know it, you're a bike rider and you feel confident. I am a bike rider, but the process of becoming a bike rider is terrifying. You're sure you're going to crash. You crash a few times. You build up your strength. You build up your confidence. You build up your skill set step by step by step. Like I said, for some people that can take a couple of days. For some people, it can take months, but yeah. that's the way it is for us with whatever we're doing where we don't feel confident. It's not a static thing that doesn't change. It's fluid. And the more we take these scary little steps, the more we practice with our training wheels and we let one fall off and we get a few scraped elbows and scraped knees, but keep going, 
we're going to look back and go, oh, I didn't used to be that kind of person, but sure enough, I'm that kind of person now. That is the surprising secret of confidence because when we partner with God on what he wants us to do, when we ask him for strength, when we ask him for wisdom, when we ask him for the ability to learn new skills, and then we just lace up our shoes and get walking, he is going to see us across the finish line. And by the time we get across that finish line, we're going to feel confident because we've done it. I think that's the secret. Wow. And you know, something that's been just kind of circulating in my own heart and mind is that when I don't have confidence in what I'm offering of myself, I can Mm -hmm. have confidence because I'm offering him. Like he's Mm -hmm. something we can have confidence in for sure. That's right. So good. So there is something specific that you say that we should stop telling God. So what is that that we should stop telling him? Yeah, we should stop telling him no. Mm. Now, some of us tell him no with our words, but most of us just tell him no with our actions. Yeah. And so when God is calling us to something new or something different or to do something, we often will just go, oh, maybe I told myself that. Sure, that wasn't the Lord. Maybe I just, maybe, maybe I'm being selfish. Maybe I, I think too highly of myself or what, am, what in the world am I thinking of? Of course, I'm not going to do that. And we just don't take the step forward. We don't lace up those shoes. We don't start walking. And essentially what we're doing is we're telling God no, sometimes with our voices, like I said, but most of the time it's with our action because we just don't do anything. And when God is calling us to do something and we don't, when we hold ourselves back because we feel uncomfortable or we don't feel good enough or we've made too many mistakes in the past or whatever it is, the story that we tell ourselves, we tend to cover our own, we tend to, how do I want to phrase it? We tend to disobey, but we call it humility. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what we do. And when we disobey, but we call it humility, we're actually, we're actually hurting him. We're actually disappointing the Lord, but we think we're doing something good. And that makes it really dangerous. You know, as you were talking, and I was going to mention this earlier, I was thinking about it because you were even just talking about like the cake and getting up on time that, you know, it, it can get a lot more um, serious, I guess, maybe serious isn't the right word, but um, the, how our, our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. And I think <laughs> so, so often for me, um, it's, it's because we think we've heard God clearly, like you had that moment at the if gathering, but then it's almost like the devil wants to come in and and make us doubt, you know, like that's kind of, he wants to can disillusion us and, um, make us wonder, well, did you hear God correctly when things aren't going as quickly or as easily as we thought that they would. Um, And when there is some of the cost and the consequences. Well, and that's the, that's the first question that, the first lie and question that, that the devil ever did was, um, did he really say that? Yeah. Right. And it's right. so simple and so effective. He's been using it every day since. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it distracts us from what God has called us to do. So, yeah, I think mm-hmm. the key for me is, is just knowing the truth and you're, and you're right when you said how God will speak, speak clearly and loudly and continuously <laughs> and he's powerful <laughs> enough. I mean, if he brought a whale to um, get Jonah back on track, like he can get us back on track. <laughs> you know? That's right. 
<laughs> you say that the most debilitating critic in our lives is not the person that we assume it is. So I'd love for you to elaborate on that statement. I have a clue who you think it is. But, you know, I'd love to hear your answer. Yeah, so this is a really interesting one because I think when we think about critics, we automatically think of a critical voice that's been in our life, but I think that it's much more dangerous than that because the voice we hear more than any other voice is our own in our head. Yeah. And we hear the inner critic more than any other voice. The inner critic is this perfectly placed um, voice in our heads that strikes us down whenever we try to learn something new or try to do anything or we make a mistake, which we all do. And I think sometimes we even confuse the voice of the inner critic with the Holy Spirit in our lives. Mm -hmm. yeah. When the Holy Spirit is always loving and gracious and convicting and, and kind, the inner critic is always very shaming. And sometimes we think the inner critic knows more than we know. And like the inner critic is like a higher version of ourselves. And if we just listen to inner critic, we'll do a better job. But I like to think of the inner critic as like a mentally unstable nanny, just screaming at us that we don't make any mistakes. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of, I picture the inner critic looking like Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> And mm -hmm. the inner critic isn't concerned with us growing or us learning or taking new territory or, or obeying God. The inner critic is just obsessed with us not making any mistakes and not doing anything that could cause us pain. But any growth, any life that's filled with chasing after Jesus, anything we do is going to be full of mistakes and heartache and, and minor setbacks. I mean, that's just, that's life on earth. Mm -hmm. But if we listen to our inner critic kind of beating us down and telling us never to try anything, we're not going to live that abundant life that Jesus has called us to. And I think when we, when we think of her, not as smarter than we are helping us do better, but just terrified and always freaking out, we can listen, we can know that voice is there, but we're not going to give her shaming voice a seat at the table. Yeah, because it sounds a lot just like fear, you know, and, and, and God's calling us to have faith in him, mm -hmm. um, not That's ourselves. Right. Yeah. So I, I, you kind of started, we started this conversation with that moment at the If Gathering when he told you to leave, but I'd love to hear now, how has your life changed since you started saying yes and amen to who you are and what God has for you? Oh, golly. It's, it's been a roller coaster. So I ended up leaving Propel uh, almost a year after he told me to go. <laughs> um, I had to get my husband on board with me leaving my job and, and I had to deal with my own fear. Mm -hmm. And he's just been so gracious to me to, to partner with me as I rebuilt my business. Of course, half of what I do is ministry with books and speaking. And the other half of what I do is um, business with business coaching. So you know, I tell everyone that it went so well after I left my job because I was able to rebuild my business quickly, but rebuilding a business quickly also looked like 10 hours a day, you know, six days a week working really, 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 really hard. I think that sometimes we think that if we're in God's will and we're obeying God, he's going to open doors for us and it's going to be easy. You know, yeah. we get to wait on the Lord and if it's his will, things will be fine. Yeah, I knew it was his will 
for me to leave that job. I knew it was his will for me to rebuild my business and do what I'm doing now. But it was really, really hard in the short run. You know, I had a about a six week period there where I used up money from savings. I put some money on a credit card. I worked every day. I really, really hustled. I didn't do it in my strength, telling myself that I'm the hero of the story. I did it partnered with God because I knew God was leading me into a new season and he had good things for me there, but it was a partnership. I was working my tail off for about six weeks, rebuilding everything, but God was there making sure I was going to get across the finish line. He was there opening doors. He was there giving me the wisdom to know what to do every day and bringing people to me to work with me. But it was a partnership. I did my part, what he wanted me to do. And then he guided my steps every step of the way. And I think if we think that if we're in God's will, we're going to be confident. We aren't. We're, it's going to be easy. It's not going to be easy that we can just sit back and wait on the Lord. I think God is going, hey, I want to partner with you. I have so much for you to do, but I need you to get going with me. Let's move forward together. I mean, God has never needed to partner with us, but he chooses to partner with us. I think of you know, Noah, who he partnered with for the ark. I think how many people did God ask to partner with him before somebody said yes? I can picture people before Noah saying, well, I felt like I had this dream to build a boat, even though I've never seen a boat, don't even know what rain is, but I must've eaten some bad dates, you know? And Noah partnered with God and worked around the clock, uh, almost, not, not all the time he rested, but basically around the clock for 120 years. And for some reason, kind of in our modern world, we go, oh, well, if it's God's will, it's going to flow. If it's God's will, it's going to be easy. And I think about Noah slinging that hammer in year 25 going, am I crazy? Is this, mm-hmm. is this crazy? Or in year 85 or 105. And, it, and, you know, finally year 120, it starts raining and he goes, "Woo, okay, well, <laughs> this really happened and I'm not crazy. God partners and puts ideas and dreams in our hearts that sometimes doesn't make sense. And sometimes it's going to be a lot of hard work. I mean, for any of us who've had a child, we're, we're going to have that baby and then look at it and go, I'm going to work hard every day to give you all of the love you need to give you the chance to have a great life. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. I'm going to teach you all these things. We don't go, well, good luck, sister. You're on your own. Right. And with anything in life, I think that just like we partner with God to raise our kids well, we partner with God in our work, whether we're stay-at-home moms or accountants or teachers, that, that he is calling for a generation of women to kind of open their eyes a little bit more, lean into him and go, okay, I want to partner with you. What do you have for me? Let's go. Yeah. And as you're talking, I'm just thinking about what's at stake, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, like with, with our obedience, if we do, and if we don't, and then also, um, thinking back to an if gathering that I, um, cause I've, I've been hosting, um, if gatherings in my own community. So I love that organization as well, but mm-hmm. I remember, and I don't know if you, um, tuned into when Jill Briscoe spoke several years ago, I think it was, and she talked about kind of wanting to stop ministry, <laughs> you know, cause she was getting older and it's like, haven't I done enough Lord? And he, I remember so specifically, he was like, you've got to keep carrying your cross until you're all the way home. 
And so I guess when you were talking about Noah and the building and how long this takes, it, it's really, we're, we're working alongside him and partnering with him until he calls us home. You know, it's not, we're not just, we don't just do it once and we're done and obey once and we're done. It's a continuation um, as long as we're living. Um, yeah, so good. I love that, that year with Jill. I remember she first walked out and said, um, some, something like everything you've, everything you've ever believed is true mm. from somebody that's, that's been in ministry for so many decades, everything mm. you've ever believed about the Lord is true. And I was like, Oh, that's what I needed to hear. So uh, good. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned that you're a business coach and, um, mm-hmm. you also co-lead called creatives. So how are you using your experience as you coach women to reach their goals and how can women get involved if they're interested? Oh yeah. Call creatives. So fun. Late last year, the Lord was really putting on my heart to build an online community, which I didn't realize how important online community was going to be in 2020. (laughs) But he knew. And um, the, the name called creatives is we believe everyone is called by God to create in some way, whether it's create a garden, you know, it's quilting, it's writing a book, it's speaking about the Lord. But there's been so many people, myself included, that have just felt this bubbling up inside of them. For me, I first felt the call to write a book in 2006 and went back to my house to use slow dial-up Wi-Fi and say, like, how do you get a book deal? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the answer was, well, if you aren't famous, which I wasn't, infamous, thank goodness I wasn't, or (laughs) well-connected, it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. And it took me 10 years to write and publish my first book. And I realized there needs to be something for women who feel that call to write and speak where they can be in community, but then get training every month. Like here's the real deal about writing and speaking. Here's the real deal about the way the industry works. And we also give people every month a 90 minute live coaching call on Zoom where we just answer your questions. And we wanted it to be the most honest, the most real, the most down to earth, nitty gritty stuff nobody talks about from two authors and speakers. Um, But also we wanted to make it the most inexpensive option out there. So it's just $19 to join. We, I, when, when I first had that call to speak, it's before my family went through bankruptcy. And I remember that season of bankruptcy for us with me going, I know I have this call to do things, but I'm never, I'm never going to be able to do it. Cause look at the situation I'm in now. And I don't want finances to ever be such a, an obstacle for women that they can't keep making the progress that God has put in their heart for that dream. And so many women say, well, I, I feel called to write a book or I feel called to speak, but I don't know if it's God or if it's me. And I think my answer to that is the, the calling, that desire to write a book, that desire to get in front of people and share a message, that's terrifying for most people. You know, mm-hmm. most people would, would rather be hit by a bus than have to stand in front of a room of a thousand people and speak. Right. Yeah. And if we have that calling and we want to partner with the Lord to bring something of him to this world it is our responsibility to answer that call. So that's the heart behind called creative. So super fun. Love doing it. It's just called creatives.com. 
Well, I love your heart and your honesty to to show where you've been and, and how to get there so that other women don't have to um, struggle in some of the same ways that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so if you could tell women to do one thing to help them to achieve their dreams, what would it be? Hmm. I would say to go all in on your dreams and stop holding yourself back. Stop telling God with your voice or your actions that you're not good enough or that you're going to wait till the time is right. Cause hello, the time is never right. <laughs> right. I pray that you burn every bridge that leads to you holding yourself back that you mm-hmm. go, okay, Lord, whatever it is you put in my heart, it, you don't promise that it's going to be easy. You don't promise that I'm not going to have to work hard at it. But in this next season of my life, even though life is difficult right now, even though in 2020, I don't have the time I had before. I mean, I have the finances I had before. Things are more difficult. I'm going to go all in because I know you have something special for me. I know that in the process of growth, I'm going to change. And I know that you want to work with me to bring your purposes to life in this world right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Allie, this season, I'm asking all of my guests, uh, who has loved them well? And how have they loved you well? Because this is the love offering. So (laughs) Allie, who first comes to mind for you who has loved you well? Well, gosh, it sounds so cliche. Um, But my husband, he, whatever crazy idea I have, (laughs) he says, you'll be great. (laughs) or when I feel like the Lord has put something on my heart that we need to do and it's not going to be fun or it's going to be risky. Sometimes it takes him a little while to pray about it and get on board, but he always supports it. And it is, it's so nice to know I'm loved and it's so nice to be supported in whatever outlandish business idea or something that I'm going to do next to have somebody Sometimes I get mad at him because I go, you can't just say I'll do great. This is actually serious. I feel like you're taking it. <laughs> you're, you're, right. you're taking this too lightly. Yeah. But I've learned through the years, he really does think like, you'll be great. Go mm. for it. And that kind of support means the world to me. I think I, I don't, I think I want to make sure that I don't take it for granted. Yeah. Yeah. To have somebody to believe in you and partner with you the way that the Lord does, you know, the bride and the groom and stand strong with you really. Um, There's a lot of marriage, I think, um, connections there as well. So um, I'm interested also to hear, Allie, is there somebody that has modeled this standing strong message for you in your own life? Um, Mm -hmm. Would you answer that first? And then just a follow-up question for that is how can we help one another stand strong? Yeah, for me, um, one of my good friends, Bianca, Bianca Oltoff, you may, you may know of her. Yeah, She's from a, the gathering as well. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, we worked together, we were friends and we worked together for many years and um, all throughout. Oh, Propel too, right? If she was with Propel too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, all, th- there's a few, there's three different times in Standing Strong that God gave her a word for me that was very specific and it was about what I was going through. And so I, she's actually, I dedicated Standing Strong to three of my good friends who kind of helped me through this season of life that I'm writing about in my book. So she's one of the people that this book is dedicated to because she would 
call me up and say, I know this sounds crazy, but the Lord's telling me to tell you such and such. And sometimes I get mad at her because I didn't want to hear it. <laughs> right, the truth um, and love. <laughs> <laughs> so she did that for me. And it's really fun. She's actually going to interview me on my podcast the day the book comes out. So Aww, um, nice. that's yeah. super, super fun because we have such a history. But for her to watch her um, step out in faith and her and her husband plant a church when it was going to be so hard and everything's up against them. You know, then the pandemic happens and so many difficult things happen. And she's been the picture of standing strong in Jesus as she builds this church with her husband out in Orange County. And it's just been a joy to watch her just, I mean, talk about working your tails off her and her husband. Church planning is no joke. Mm -hmm. And to watch them work really hard, but partner with God and God open doors and they're working together and they're doing such good things in Orange County. It just, it, it's a joy for me to be able to watch and cheer her on. Well, so to just follow that up, how do you think we can best help one another stand strong, like to support each other as girlfriends and sisters in Christ? Yeah, um, and not to sound trite, because we, we all know this, we, we want to pray for each other. We want to pray for the ability to support each other with encouragement. We want to we want to pray and go, okay, Lord, what, what do you have for this person? Do you have something for me to tell them? And it becomes sensitive to that. And then, you know, we, we always want to take that to scripture and make sure it lines up. But for us to become people who can encourage our sisters in Christ, who are, who can be honest and give a little pushback when their ideas don't seem great, because you have to really love somebody to be honest enough to go, okay, I, I see where you're coming from. But let's think about this because it's really easy just to be a cheerleader. It's really easy just to go, that's going to be amazing. You go for it. But if you have wisdom in that area and you're praying about it, um, you may be the person who helps kind of tweak the idea just a little bit to make it really successful. Because like I said, it's not fun to have those conversations, but when you love other people well and you're praying into the situations, sometimes God will give us as friends wisdom and insight we can give that person to really help them be successful in whatever God is calling them to. Yeah. It makes me think of, um, iron sharpens iron, you know, yeah. like you've got to kind of rub a little bit to make each other sharper. So yeah, I love that. Well, so Allie, how can listeners keep in contact with you and, um, pick up a copy of Standing Strong? Oh, I am Allie Worthington everywhere. A-L-L-I Worthington the podcast is Allie Worthington show. Website's Allie Worthington, and I'm Allie Worthington on Instagram. Oh, I know. And I just developed a new quiz. Can I tell you about the quiz? Yes. Yeah, I love it. So the quiz is super fun. It's kind of a silly title, but it's uh, Find Your Secret Superpower. Uh -huh. And it's kind of what personality type you have, what the superpower given given by God to you is, whether you know it's encouragement or loyalty or bravery. And then the Bible verse for that personality type what you wish other people knew about you and what uh, you wish other people knew about you. So it's super fun. You can get to it on my website, but you can also text for it. So if you text the word, all one word, superpower to 55444, you'll get a text from me that just gives you the link to click to take the quiz and the quiz takes two minutes. So you text to 55444, the word superpower. It's really, really fun. 
Well, so I will include all that in the show notes and I'm interested to see what mine is, but Allie, what's yours? <laughs> what's yours? Will you share? I am a cheerleader and my, my superpower is encouragement. Mm. Well, after today's conversation, I believe it. So Allie, thank you so much for being my guest today and for encouraging us to draw strength from our God-given identities, to overcome the obstacles that keep us from reaching our full potential and living out our dreams, and to walk confidently in the direction of our callings. God bless you, friend. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Allie Worthington. I hope that after today's episode, you are able to realize how to overcome adversity and live with more confidence. If you're interested in today's show notes, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams author on Instagram or on Facebook. I would love to connect with you there. And you can also have them sent directly to your inbox each week by going to rachelkadams.com and subscribing to receive my weekly love offering newsletter. If you have not yet subscribed and rated and reviewed the Love Offering podcast, I would so appreciate if you would do that on your favorite listening platform just to help other women find this Love Offering message. Next week, my guest is Ashley Moore. Ashley is on the show talking about her great awakening and her redemptive story. She encourages us all to abide, which will then lead us to obey, which will then lead to our own kingdom impact, no matter how inadequate and unworthy that we may feel. I hope to see and talk to you again then, but until then, I hope you have a terrific week. And as always, remember to lead with love. Thank you.